Welcome to Season 3 of Everyday Intuition, the podcast for people who want to live life more confidently. I'm Susan Gorman, and I'm an intuitive counselor who's been helping people conquer uncertainty for over three decades. I believe intuition is our most natural resource, and discovering its inner workings will help you live your most authentic life. There's a reason why we look to our hearts to navigate life's challenges. So I invite you to join me in pulling intuition out of the margins, one hunch at a time. Welcome to Season 3, Episode 8. Wow, we're really on a roll here, moving and grooving. There's so many things about intuition to talk about that I feel like maybe I got ahead of myself a little bit. So today we're going to do an episode on intuition in the body. I feel like this could be really helpful to those of you that are really assiduously and determinedly applying yourselves to develop a relationship with your intuition, because you can want to be more intuitive and be really passionate about it. And then when you roll up your sleeves and get into it, there can be some like problems, not problems, like pitfalls, confusion, questions, and it gets hard enough that some people give up. So let's see if we can do something about that and talk about how intuition is already manifesting in your body. So to begin, I'm sure you've heard the phrase, the colloquialism, I had a gut feeling. And I'm sure you've heard the phrase, listen to your heart, or what's in your heart. So there's a reason why these two phrases are so common, and thank God that they are, because we talk about intuition so little that this is part of the positive language that we have access to around it. So First of all, your gut, there's actually a a chakra there, the solar plexus. I think it's one down, but your gut is kind of halfway between two chakras. So let's just assume that we're talking about an energy center in the body, however it's defined, and your heart are two really powerful connecting points where your emotional selves and your spiritual selves and your physical selves all meet. I call the heart the busy intersection of the universe because that's probably the busiest intersection of the universe. And I think that it's really interesting that we carry so much stress in both of those parts of our bodies too. So let's start by describing the fact that these two parts of your body can tell you about what you feel intuitively because they're like an alert system, either because they're in distress or because they get activated and energetic when you are receiving messages that you might not be conscious of. So here's a problem, right? It's kind of a paradox. Susan, why would I be getting intuition that gets diverted to my body physically before I even have a chance to be conscious of it and use it. First of all, not your fault. But the reason is, unless you're super duper sensitive, and there are those people among us, I raise my hand as being one of those for my entire life, it's very hard to be conscious about intuition because it's marginalized, right? So we shove it into all different kinds of corners 
And one of the places that we shove our intuition is into the physical. It's also no coincidence that psychosomatic illness and symptoms when we're stressed or grieving or having a hard time pop up when we're emotionally dealing with something too. That it's much easier to complain about something physical and to have our focus be on a physical issue than to deal with and unpack the emotions that we're feeling about any given situation that we're in. So it works the same way. The emotion and the intuition are often layered. So let's look at how this can happen, right? I want to describe for you the issues and the problems that can come up, but I also want to explain to you that before you ever develop a sensitive physical issue in places in your body, you are also able to point out that you're receiving kind of intuition on a ticker tape that run through the parts of that body and how to start to practice to get in front of it or to read the signs at the very least. So let's back up just a little bit. It's not just your gut and your heart. And as another aside, oftentimes when I'm leading meditation, we'll encourage people to put their hand in those two places on the body because that's how we train to sense the intuitive energy that's running through there. So not just gut and heart, but the palms of your hands also have intuitive energy centers. Your second chakra, which is considered like sexual, sensual, reproductive, that can oftentimes channel energy, interestingly enough. Your third eye, if you don't know where that is, it's like touch the bridge of your nose and then just go up an inch or two. And I also think that the backs of chakra systems, so chakras are thought by many to be concentrated energy centers in the body that have specific applications to different issues and themes. So there's the crown chakra, the third eye, your throat chakra, that's another intuitive energy center too, heart, solar plexus. So I guess that would include stomach, second chakra, which is by sexual, sensual, reproductive, and then the root chakra, which is at the very base of your spine. I also think that feet, backs, oftentimes, especially people who have trouble with their back, can sometimes track information. Okay, so one last disclaimer, and that is that the body-mind connection is something that I still think is underexplored in our culture There's definitely a tip to resolving physical issues through solely physical means, but that doesn't mean that every point of stress or disease, for example, heart disease, breast cancer, like all lung issues, all the things that can happen around the heart chakra, it doesn't mean that only dealing with the spiritual and emotional will resolve all physical issues. And I think it's actually really important to say that your body, our physical bodies, have built-in obsolescence, right? So obviously, we want to live 
as optimally as we can in our physical bodies. And understanding the body-mind connection is part of that. But I've seen this tendency in the metaphysical community to seem to imply or outright state that if we are just emotionally, spiritually, intuitively evolved, that we can avoid health issues altogether. And I just actually don't think that that's realistic. And I think it's kind of immature to believe that. It's really kind of along the lines of magical thinking. And I think it does people a disservice. That being said, on a different level, there are ways, like I said, that you can track when you're getting intuitive impulses and and you can decode them if you're aware of where your body is running those, for lack of a better word, connections. So when we come back, I'm going to give you three easy exercises to do to begin to decode some of the ways that your body is serving as an intuitive alert system. Hey, did you know I have online courses you can take? I do. Intuition 101 is a self-paced downloadable course that's for anyone looking to begin or strengthen their relationship with their own intuition. I developed this course because nearly all of my clients have one thing in common, a real yearning to be able to recognize and trust their own intuition. Learning how is simple, but it takes an expert guide. Gee, I wonder if we know anyone. Yeah, I've got you. It's important to understand the underlying ways our beliefs about intuition shape how we experience it, and also how many myths and misconceptions we cling to that end up keeping us stuck. In this course, I guide you through the first steps you need to take towards creating a solid foundation for yourself. Check it out at my website, www.susangorman.net. Okay, we're back. So let's start with physical ailments that are annoying, (laughs) but not dangerous. Okay, this is a really good way to learn how to do this, how to backtrack. So we're going to do headaches, insomnia, and indigestion, or stomach aches. Now, remember, If you're chronically suffering from anything in your body, I really believe that a threefold approach is the best approach. Some of you may know that I am a breast cancer survivor. It was a real turning point for me in a lot of my spiritual beliefs because I was able to investigate how I had, I really believed that was somehow due to something that I did or didn't do, right? Now, there's a family history of breast cancer. More women are being diagnosed with breast cancer, especially in the state that I lived in at the time. There was a real, like a breakthrough for me when I realized that, first of all, I wasn't going to be able, even if I'd spent every second of every day going forward, to figure out exactly what environmental, biological, genetic contributions led to me having a tumor in my breast. And I also think it's significant that my tumor was discovered on a mammogram 13 months after my husband passed away. So 
you can see all the elements that were in play, right? There was a genetic predisposition. I'm of Ashkenazi Jewish descent, so we have a greater risk of breast cancer. My mother was a breast cancer survivor. There were environmental factors, probably. I grew up in Los Angeles in the 70s and 80s. I never wore sunscreen. My parents were smokers. You know, we drank from the hose. We ate a lot of processed food, right? So you could layer that into it as well. And you can layer in the grief that I was going through. The conclusion that I came to is that I could not have avoided the experience of having breast cancer. And I wanted to go forward with an understanding that I wanted to take advantage of the best physical treatments that medicine had to offer. And I also wanted to do the emotional and spiritual work to understand how that had contributed. And so that's what I mean by a threefold approach. There wasn't one particular solution that stuck out at me. It wasn't like I was going to say, oh, well, I guess I've been under a tremendous amount of stress and this is how the dice got rolled, right? With the physical and genetic profile that I had. I did want to look at some of the emotional patterns and the spiritual beliefs that I had and investigate those too. But it wasn't that I thought that only doing that would heal me either. And that's where I think the metaphysical community has really done a disservice to most of us, is that we somehow feel like we are to blame for our physical shortcomings because of the way that we think or believe. And while I think, again, investigating those has a tremendous amount of value, I think that feeling responsible for somehow creating illness in our body is really facile. Like, it just doesn't make sense to me. Okay, so I was going to I was going to talk about things other than serious things like heart attacks and cancer and stuff, but that is like a very clear example to me of how we can also approach other things. And I don't know if you've noticed, but during the pandemic, there have been a lot of people falling and breaking bones and not being able to sleep and having headaches and so like physically, I think we're kind of wobbly right now. So it's probably a good time to look at this. So let's talk again about headaches, stomach aches, and insomnia. So if you think about your life and the way you're living it as threefold, spiritually, emotionally, and physically, the thing that shows up on the physical level is probably going to be an area in which you have a vulnerability. Okay, so let's say you get stomach aches a lot when you're stressed. It could be that you have a tendency to not digest your food very well. Maybe you have reflex. I've found that intuition and stress both travel straight to the part of our bodies where we're going to have to pay attention to it because we're going to become symptomatic. So it's hard to delineate between stress causing physical distress or symptoms and intuition causing those things. So when we come back, we're going to take a little break. And when we come back, I'm going to tell you how to do that. And then I'm going to give you a little bit of homework. 
friends, are you dying to ask me a question? Is there something from your life you'd like to put under the intuitive lens? Or maybe you have a story that you want to share about how your intuition helped you in a particular situation and how to keep your intuitive growth going. If you're curious about anything intuitive from my life or yours, then email me and we'll consider it for an upcoming feature we'll workcast called Everyday Intuition in Real Life. This is a segment we'll bring to you in future episodes where you get to ask me anything. And I do mean anything. Your questions will all be kept anonymous, so please reach out to me through my website, www.susangorman.net. All right, so let's say you're someone who struggles with insomnia, and it's either you can't get to sleep or the other kind of insomnia where you wake up in the middle of the night. How do you know whether it's stress or intuition? Okay, so I have some good news and some bad news for you. The good news is it's both, and the bad news is it's both. So your job is to look at the stress that's causing the disruption to your sleep cycle. So you've got to do all the things, right, that people recommend. You've got to develop good sleep habits. You've got to look at the levels of anxiety you're tolerating during the daytime. You've got to make sure that you're not like drinking espresso at four o'clock in the afternoon. Although, yes, there are those magical unicorn people out there that can drink coffee right before they go to bed, right? But like your individual profile, finding out what is fueling any kind of emotional, physical disruption. And then once that's underway and you know you're taking care of it, then you need to start getting out your journal, spending time meditating, even if that's while you're going for a walk, discussing with other people, what is asking for your attention intuitively? And the journal exercise that you can do, or the thinking exercise, or if you like to draw, you can do it in art or music even, you can just start with the question, what do I know for sure? And the reason why we're asking this question is because we're assuming that you know it for sure, but you're not listening. You're not holding it closely as if it really was an important truth that was speaking to you personally. The answer that you get back may surprise you. It may be something completely not obvious to you. It may have information about your future. The message may have something to do with actively stressful situations in your life, but it may have nothing to do with that either. But the piece of information that you will continue to unearth or pieces will help And you'll know they're helping because by listening, by creating a landing space in your truest self for that information, you're going to sleep a little bit better, okay? Headaches are a little different because headaches are usually an immediate response to feelings of insecurity or fear. Anger tends to go more into the stomach, I've found, but it can be anger too, That kind of work you have to do as the headache is starting to happen. And calendars are a really great way to chart. When was I having this headache? Was it before or after 
an experience in which I observed something either about myself or another person that really was hard to accept. Stomach aches, I think, are about connection and feeling like we're not connected to the people that we love, or perhaps there's something we need to talk about that we can't quite articulate. It's the same kind of thing where you see the layers of the emotion involved and those get immediately shunted into physical symptoms. And we don't always hear the intuition, which carries the solution, by the way. Now, as with anything else, a discovery process like this can be an immediate thing, like a blinding flash of insight that changes everything. But more commonly, it might take a little while for you to put all the pieces together. And that's why I really recommend documenting like art, music, journaling, and trying to discover the language of your body in a way that's friendly and welcoming. It's hard to do when you don't feel good, but I think it's really, really helpful. I'm not real proud of this, <laughs> what I'm about to admit to you, but I'm a klutz. I have been for my entire life. I always have bruises that I have no idea where they came from. And one of the things that happened during the pandemic is that I was able to identify that when I'm stressed, I bump into things, I get out of my body. I did fall a couple of times, and it was so embarrassing but what it did was it kind of woke me up to what I was doing with my feelings about the pandemic in particular, but mostly about the people that I loved. And I know that when I see a bruise on my body, that means that there is usually some kind of love that I have that I haven't expressed and that I need to be grounded in. And on the heels of it is usually a message for me about being a vulnerable human being, which I think the entire pandemic has given us opportunities to look at our own vulnerability and how deeply we can accept that. But it also has to do with receiving the vulnerability of the people that we love too, and not allowing that to frighten us, but have it be something that we can celebrate through empathy. So obviously, there's tons to talk about in terms of weird physical stuff, or common physical stuff. But the ailments that I see being the ones that sneakily hide intuition through layers of emotion are headaches, stomach aches, and insomnia. And obviously, you know, like, there are are more serious challenges that we face in having a body. It's not easy. And the answers are not easy. But I think the biggest mistake that we can make is to think that only intuition and intuitive health or only emotion and emotional health or only a physical solution and physical health is going to give us the ability to control our physical experience on this planet. I think we can be living the healthiest life that we can, like optimally being our best. But I think it's a fool's errand to think that we can rig that game or control it. And the good news on the other side of that truth is that your intuition is 
always trying to help you. So it's not like we're doing this scary investigation mining excursion, and then we're going to come up with like deep, dark, scary things. I think our intuition is extremely loving in how it encourages us to take care of ourselves and do the best we can, which is really important. So I hope this was helpful for you. I hope if you're having trouble sleeping or your tummy hurts or you're having headaches, that this will help you work your way through it. And as always, I love your stories. I love hearing from you. And I'm cheering you on from the sidelines. Until next time. And that's it for this episode of Everyday Intuition. If you enjoyed the show, remember to subscribe to us on whatever podcast app you use. It's the best way for other people to find it, and we so appreciate you helping us get the word out. Also, we love your shares on Instagram and Facebook about what you loved, something that made a difference for you in your life, or an aha moment. Remember to tag me at Susan Gorman Intuitive and use the hashtag EverydayIntuitionPodcast. Thanks for tuning in, and I'll be back in a couple of weeks.